our cuisine has changed the Greek cuisine. It's not uh, just the, the feta cheese, and it's not just the souvlaki. That to tell you the truth, I still love them, and I have them at least twice a week. Hello, listeners, and welcome back. It's Andy Steves with the Andy Steves Travel Podcast. Today, we're zipping on over to Greece and speaking with my friend and fellow guide, Angolos Kokaliaris. As we geek out about everything Greek, from food and traditional dance to great itineraries and insider secrets about some of Greece's 6,000 plus islands, it would definitely help to pull up a Google map as you listen in order to follow along. Admittedly, I'm a bit weak myself on Greece, but after this conversation, I absolutely cannot wait to get back. My first taste of Greece was back in 2008 when I wrapped up my semester abroad in Rome. My friends and I extended our flights home and we flew over to Athens. We crunched the numbers and realized that chartering a 42-foot sailboat for a week with friends and a skipper cost about the same as staying in a hostel for seven nights in Athens. So we chartered the boat and had an incredible nautical adventure through the islands. I'd highly recommend it, but be sure to bring that drama meme. Hey, by the way, did you know your reviews really help push this podcast to the top and get this valuable and fun travel information to more listeners' ears? So please take a moment to pause this show right now, click on the logo, and drop us in a five-star review and a comment about what you like most about the show. We're always open to feedback too, and you can get those tips into info at wsaeurope.com. Thank you so, so much, and I hope you enjoy. Sharing tips, tricks, and tales from around the globe, this is Travel for the Next Generation. You're listening to the Andy Steves Travel Podcast. Episode 19. All right, this is Andy Steves with the Andy Steves Travel Podcast, and I'm on the phone with my friend and fellow guide, Angelos Kokaliaris. Angelos, can you tell us about what you do and what your day-to-day is? I work as a tour guide here in Greece for more than 10 years. Uh, I'm a licensed tourist guide, uh, which means that we had to do some extra um, studies. However, I'm a tour guide with a lot of background. And I give tours mostly in Athens uh, uh, at that time, yeah. Mostly city walking tours around downtown Athens, the Acropolis. Uh-huh, uh, mostly uh, walking tours around Athens. Uh, however, I used to travel <laughs> all around Greece, in the mainland of Greece. But uh, I love my city. Athens is an amazing city that can offer so many things uh, to travelers. How do you keep the seemingly endless history of Greece straight? I mean, you got so many names, so many dates, so many philosophers. I have to study every night before I give a tour because <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm going... No, you do not want to be like a tape recorder. So every time you have to renew, reshuffle and rearrange your talks. Let's start off with Athens. I've had a chance to visit for a few days. That was, geez, nearly 10 years ago in in 2008 after I studied abroad and we chartered a, I think, a 42-foot sailboat, me and six friends, and we left out of Athens and went out to the islands. And it was a beautiful experience. Of course, we we did all the touristy things. And I'd love you to kind of walk us through a great two or three days there in Athens. 
first of all, uh, if uh, you have the opportunity to be in Athens, uh, you can uh, rent out uh, an apartment that is going to lower uh, your cost because uh, hotels uh, can be sometimes really pricey. Do you recommend um, like Airbnb to find those apartments or websites? Uh, I would say Airbnb and uh, I'm living in a neighborhood, uh, the hipster famous neighborhood of Athens. It's called Kukaki. If our uh, travelers, our fellows Google that name, uh, it's I think number three out of five all over the world. Uh, all over the world as a neighborhood to stay according to Airbnb rentals. Oh, wow. All right. So so what can one expect to pay on a nightly basis on average, of course? You know, for a good budget, Decent. comfortable place. Uh, with uh, 55 euros per, uh, not per person, per an apartment for uh, two persons, I think that you can find a nice rental if nice. you book that in advance, which is a really great price. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's Kukakis. One of the things that I love is to whatever city I'm staying in, I love to figure out where is the good neighborhood to be, you know, for cafes, bars, mm-hmm. restaurants. And then what I realize is that if I'm staying in that neighborhood, I don't have to take a taxi there. I don't have to travel there and spend time there. Um, instead, I just roll out of bed. And right there, I have all sorts of hipster cafes, just like you're talking about. Well, the fact is that there are about three neighborhoods or five neighborhoods in Athens that even the locals, the younger generations that were still in Greece and were not working uh, in another European country, we are trying hard to rent an apartment. To find this apartment, I was searching three years. And, wow. Uh, yeah. And uh, to tell you the truth, uh, they're thinking to uh, turn it to Airbnb, to an Airbnb apartment. It's like San Francisco. It's pretty much yeah. the same situation. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But, but, of course, always you can find your way because there are always apartments that uh, you can find to rent out. So as uh, you do these arrangements, uh, you will notice that uh, in Greece, almost uh, everyone uh, speaks English, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is really helpful. First of all, we start with the simple things. You are not going to be lost in translation. Uh, but these are the five neighborhoods that I'm going to mention the names that it's worth staying. Uh, one is Kukaki, as we said. Mm-hmm. The other one is called Pagrati. Then we have uh, Sindagma area. Uh, it follows Keramikos. So I have a map of Athens in front of me. I'm hearing the what you're saying, but I can't really. Uh, it's a, yeah. <laughs> it's all Greek to me. <laughs> it's all Greek to you. So uh, they, if they would Google, they will find exactly the five neighborhoods. But just remember, Kukaki and Pagrati mostly the two out of five. It's good. Okay. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> yes. Cool. So let's get back to um, the best things to experience on a short visit to Athens. Of course, you got the Acropolis, you got the, the Olympic Stadium, but there's so much more. I see you, you roll your eyes. There's so much more to Athens yeah. than that. Of course, of course. You should, you should visit Acropolis. And on Acropolis, we have the Parthenon. It's not the Parthenon with the Acropolis. The Acropolis is the name of the hill. Uh, so mm-hmm. Acropolis is worth visiting, okay? It's like uh, the Eiffel Tower or uh, the, <laughs> the most important site, Colosseum. Of course. However, Athens has so many neighborhoods. And if you mix with the locals, for example, the central market that you already mentioned, 
uh, around the central market, there are so many small uh, boutique uh, grocery stores that uh, they have uh, all these organic products because uh, another, ter- t- another trend in Athens is uh, to go organic, uh, to buy organic uh, when you live as a local in the nice neighborhood. So, What are the things that you should look for in a market when you're walking through Athens? Uh, Lisanti, uh, uh, of course, uh, the olives and the feta cheese are, uh, real, are great products, but they are products from the 1970s and 1980s. Uh, what I want, you can find really nice honey. That uh, this honey uh, is uh, from the mountains, up from the mountains, that it has so many different herbs. Or uh, you can have uh, the figs, uh, the dried figs. Uh, and uh, our cuisine has changed, has become more a five-star Michelin cuisine, the Greek cuisine. So uh, uh, it's not uh, just the, the feta cheese. And it's not just the souvlaki. That To tell you the truth, I still love them and I have them at least twice a week in my uh, uh, diet. <laughs> so you haven't left them behind, but uh, you've added many more vivid ingredients to the diet. Yes, of course. It's changing. It's like uh, the, um, the wine in Greece. Uh, if uh, people read uh, guidebooks, they will see that uh, a, a wine that used to be produced is called Retsina. Uh, I don't know if you have read that. It was a wine that had inside raising of the pine barrels. I uh, see. Uh, of course, this was back in the 60s. Nowadays, uh, Greeks, uh, they studied in France uh-huh. and they grow, uh, they have wines like California wines. I so see. if you go out in the evening, you can find really good wines, Greek wines. That, that other wine sounds like something your grandpa might enjoy, but maybe not uh, the best tasting. <laughs> no, no, no. Nowadays, no. And uh, the, delights, the delights also. Uh, the Greek delights that uh, they might be Turkish delights or the Greek dishes. Uh, they have changed all the desserts. When you say Greek delight, is it similar? Is it like a gummy with yes. with uh, powdered sugar? It's it's a, it's a pretty much the same uh, because uh, the culture and the lifestyle. If you travel in Istanbul, you will see pretty much the same things even in Athens about uh, the younger generation. So mm-hmm. yes, the Greek delight, it's like the Turkish delight. It's like the baklava. So for our listeners, it's my kind of theory that just about every European culture has its own anise-flavored liquor. In France, it's I think it's just called anise. In Italy, it's called... Uh, uh, grappa. G- grappa. Gra- grappa, but there's another one, uh, Sambuca. 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 Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then you have Raki in Turkey and Uzo in Greece. And so you have all these spirits that taste like like licorice. Um, but in man, if you throw, what's the Greek way to drink Uzo? Do you put a little ice in it? Yes, but uh, we are not going to drink Uzo if we go out. We will have their small uh, family-run uh, factories nowadays, small industries, that they make really nice beers. And organic beers that uh, the tastes that you have uh, are just a unique taste like a being in Germany. Greek mm-hmm. beers are really great. One of them, it's called Nisos. And it's from the island of Sadorini that took a lot of prices, uh, European and global prices. So we will drink beer mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we will avoid Uzo because Uzo, to tell you the truth, it's really strong. You're it's really strong. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it, in my experience, it gets better 
as you drink more of it. You know, the first sip is like, ooh, it's it's too much. But then after your second, your third, it gets a little smoother. <laughs> yes, also it's um, it gets smoother, but uh, also also it's a way of drinking when you eat. You socialize yeah. with your friend and yeah. you play the guitar, the bouzouki, a Greek instrument, and you sing uh, as a university student because it depends where you study. In Greece, uh, the lifestyle, how you celebrate you, your life, how you enjoy your life, you go out, it's different. Is there a site or experience that you absolutely love that 90% of tourists don't know about? Are there some off-the-beaten-path experiences that some visitors want to be sure to look up? If you and I, we talk about the off-the-beaten uh, path experience, it's going to become touristic. However, uh, recently, it's, more, it's less than one year in Athens, um, that it's nearby the sea, the coastline, because Athens, uh, uh, after four miles, uh, you, it's being surrounded by sea. It's, it belongs in a greater region. We have one of the famous ports and largest ports, Piraeus, and... Uh, close to Athens, to the city center, that you can take a bus or a taxi or an Uber. Uh, it's called, it's a park by a foundation. Uh, that foundation, it's not the Onassis. Onassis was a really wealthy family. Uh, Jackie Kennedy was married with uh, Onassis. So another guy, it's called Nyarchos. It's the, ver- it's the surname of this guy. So Nyarchos, uh, his family and his foundation, recently, they opened... And a nice park, an urban park uh, nearby the sea that is the new opera house and the new national library. And you have the park that if you walk there, you will see the Greek uh, vegetation, the Greek flora, and uh, you will enjoy life. And you can go for uh, concerts, a lot of things. And it's really new. The travelers do not know that yet. We'll be right back after this short break. This episode of Andy Steve's Travel is brought to you by our break trips. Whether it's summer, fall, or spring break, have a blast across our favorite cities in Europe. We've got the best of Central Europe covering Berlin, Prague, Krakow, and Budapest. And of course, our Italian extravaganza, Rome, Florence, Cinque Terre, Pisa, and Venice. These cities sell themselves, and we pack them with some epic adventures into a quick 10-day visit. They kick off on Fridays and finish the following Sunday. Plus, take 10 euros off any trip when you book with the promo code ASTPODCAST. Check them out at andysteves.com slash breaktrips. Let's get back to the show. When Americans come to Greece... I think a lot of them just drop off in Athens and then get straight out to the islands. But first, let's talk about the peninsula, the mainland. What are some of the, the, the most interesting corners of Greece on the mainland that you don't need a boat to get to? From Athens, uh, about one hour and uh, 45 minutes drive by a regional bus, which is the public buses. Uh, it's called Nafplion, that city. Mm-hmm. N-A-F-P-L-I-O-N. It's a, a city in the southern part of Greece, in the region of Peloponnese, that it's like a Venetian city because it was under the Venetians for more than 400 years in the medieval history of Greece. It's just amazing, uh, wonderful, exciting, and, of course, uh, a lot of monuments. 
and you just uh, walk uh, in the alleys, promenades, uh, a small bay, uh, museums, castles, a lot of things to do there. <laughs> so Napoleon, it, it's my experience that it's very well preserved. It's a very like classic yeah. old town that's beautiful to explore. Is that right? Yes, it's a, a well-preserved uh, town because it was uh, one of the capitals of Greece, the first capital of Greece. Uh, and uh, when Greece wasn't yet a kingdom, because in our history, originally Greece started as a kingdom, but before that, we were an autonomous area uh, in the limits of the Ottoman Empire. So uh, we had a governor, and uh, this governor had worked in Switzerland, uh, he had planned uh, Switzerland as a country, the organization of Switzerland. His name is John Capodistrias. And huh. this guy became our first governor. People, <laughs> they do not know that, but uh, he's no. fa- famous uh, oh about what he did abroad. Yeah. So wow. this guy uh, maintained the city. It's a city with neoclassical buildings, the colonial style that you know in the States. Mm-hmm. Man, it, it's true that... that- you can trace everything back to Greek origins, it feels like, and, uh, you know, everything in the Western world almost. Yes, but we are not in the big fat uh, Greek wedding uh, <laughs> interview, the movie now. Uh, everything, not everything, a lot of things started from Greece. And this is uh, a great opportunity for modern Greeks, but also a burden for the Greeks. Greeks, uh, to have so much history in your bloods. <laughs> that's, you know, that's a good point, because I find that I've spent much more time in Italy myself um, uh-huh. uh, than Greece. But you have Italy and Greece, two um, uh, incredible ancient cultures. And I find that a lot of Italians, they tend to talk in the past tense a lot. They look back rather than forward. You know, if you look at younger cultures like America, for example, and, and other younger countries, a lot of times you're looking forward because you just don't have that history. So that's interesting that you also see it as, you know, it's it's a great thing, but also a burden, like you say. Yes, uh, but we shouldn't forget that we live in uh, an area of, uh, in a period of post-modernity. So uh, this is a common thing for all, a lot of generation always to look back. Uh, you shouldn't look back. You should uh, look forward mm-hmm. if you want mm-hmm. to move on. Exactly, exactly. You and I, we put together an incredible itinerary, and I, I'm dying to come back and, and actually run it. But we have Nafleon, Olympia. Yes, uh, a great uh, spot to see the site uh, where the ancient Olympic Games were held. The village doesn't, the village is just a small village, the modern village of Olympia, but the site worth uh, a lot of uh, time to spend there and you should see, you should visit. It's in the heart of Peloponnese. When you say Peloponnese, that's the peninsula that drops south from from Athens yeah. and the, the rest of the continent, right? It looks like Sicily, but it's not uh, like an island. If we want to make uh, things easier to understand, on the south part of Greece, it's a peninsula that is being uh, uh, surrounded by water. It's called Peloponnese. We have a canal of water. Uh, Once upon a time, it was a short lane of land, but they created a canal back in 120 years ago. So nowadays it's like an island, but it wasn't originally an island. And you also have a massive bridge to cross, right? By Patras? By Patras. Uh, Patras is uh, uh, the city of the students. They -hmm. have a carnival uh, like uh, Venice because the influence of Italy was really strong in Patra. 
It's the port of uh, Greeks and uh, Italians in some ways. You can uh, travel to Italy and vice versa. If you take the uh, ferry from Italy, it ends up in Patras. That's right. Yes, that's right. They are ferry routes that you you can travel from Patras to Italy. And I think that it's about almost one day travel. So from Patras, uh, nowadays, finally, after a lot of years, they're making the new highway. They will finish the new highway to connect Patras with Africa that you will need just one hour and 45 minutes, which is nothing. (laughs) It used to be three hours. Now it's about uh, two hours. So we will limit the time with the new highway. And there, it's the city, the lovely city of Navpaktos. It's uh, the only city in Greece that uh, the port uh, that dates back 400 years ago. It's a medieval port from the Venetian period. And there are not a any ports like that all over Greece. Because unfortunately, in Greece, uh, in the 1950s, we're beautifying the cities. And when we mean beautifying, modernizing, (laughs) and they used to demolish uh, whatever used to be uh, medieval. So in that effort to bring it up to speed, they probably destroyed a lot of beautiful things. Uh, Because in our history, and unfortunately, the medieval... Uh, is connected with uh, the Ottoman Empire that uh, for the Greek uh, element was an occupation. And uh, people, they weren't so uh, open-minded, not all in Greece, all over Europe back in the mm-hmm. 1950s. <laughs> You're good friends with the Turks. <laughs> yeah. So you're yeah. trying to erase it from memory. <laughs> yes, uh, we should erase all these things uh, because, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, it's interesting days all around Europe. <laughs> I was watching a, a documentary a couple months ago about the Orthodox monasteries in the north part of Greece. Yeah. I've never seen it myself, but they, they're completely self-sustaining and they do their own thing um, within their walls. Is it possible for tourists to visit any of these? Ah, uh, this ones, yes, this uh, that they are in the fingers nearby Thessaloniki uh-huh. uh, are just accessible for men. Women are not allowed to enter because, according to tradition, the last uh, lady that was there was our uh, uh, Virgin Mary. So for, uh, she was the last woman that uh, stepped this area. That's why women are not allowed. This is a tradition. But uh, men through a procedure that it's a little bit uh, not so complicated, they can go there to visit the monasteries, but uh, they can stay for each monastery for two nights. Man, they are like perched up on the cliffs or like their own, they're mm-hmm. their own castle. The monasteries, they have a main church, which is called uh, Catholicon, like the Roman Catholic. Catholicon, it's a Greek word, and mm-hmm. it means for everyone. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is a church that uh, men only can attend services as visitors. About uh, the self-sufficiency of monasteries, of course, through donations, uh, they have Wi-Fi and uh, computers mm-hmm. and the modern uh, So they stay commodities. connected. They are connected. <laughs> That's why, uh, because unfortunately these monasteries, they cannot be visited by women. We have another complex of monasteries that they are self-organized with self-sufficiency. But always monasteries, they belong to the local community of the church. In Greece, we have like districts that these are ecclesiastical districts that they call them metropolis. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, the other metro- the other uh, monasteries that people can visit are called uh, meteora monasteries, like meteorite, meteora. I gotcha. You can have an overnight there, and with an overnight you can visit the monasteries. In the monasteries there, you can do hiking, climbing. And it's uh, a natural uh, protected monument, a world heritage protected mo- monument by nature under UNESCO. Mm-hmm. There are some of them nunneries and uh, some of them they have monks. And uh, you can understand more about uh, the life of a nun and a monk. I see. Wow. Man, you, you're going to have to have months to come through Greece and, and experience all these sites and places to visit. Man, I'm, uh, I'm excited to get back. I hope that you will be pretty soon because, uh, listen, the prices in Greece, first of all, it's a safe destination, always was a safe destination, please. Uh, Second of all, we have uh, hospitality. Zeus, uh, the head of the 12 Olympian gods, was the father of hospitality. Uh, And uh, additionally, uh, it's worth visiting now because uh, you can find the greatest deals ever in Greece. <laughs> Beautiful. Hey, um, that's, that's a good uh, thing to touch on. What are some of the best souvenirs that we should look at if we're going to come to Greece and, and maybe bring something home for our friends? I would, uh, because as I grow older, I can say that food can be one of the best uh, souvenirs. Mm-hmm. And why? Uh, unfortunately, authentic souvenirs are made in China. And I, I don't want to be... When I mean that, I mean that, unfortunately, transculturalism, corporation, companies. So that's why I state to the small grocery stores and the organic products uh, mm-hmm. and about food. Because uh, food <laughs> can be a memorabilia for everyone. Always bringing it back to food, Angulos. I like it. (laughs) On my sailing trip, I remember we went to, I think, Mykonos and Naxos and Kea. Um, But but maybe I'm curious if there are some that are definitely touristy and then some that are not so many people know about. Do you have thoughts about that? I have a lot of thoughts because in Greece, as everyone knows, there are thousands of islands, 6,000, and about 280 of them are inhabited. So the touristic islands, yes, can be Mykonos, Sandorini, that it's worth visiting even that they are touristic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. They have amazing landscapes, uh, nice ports, uh, nice houses, uh, uh, really five-star or three-star or two-star facilities, everything. So somebody should visit once. On the other hand, uh, there are islands like Amorgos, <laughs> or in English, Amorgos, that it's worth visiting. Because uh, you will see another experience of Greece. And you will see more authentic uh, island life in this island. Like Naxos, that you already mentioned. That Naxos is becoming nowadays more popular but it's worth visiting more mm-hmm. and for mm-hmm. the prices. As well, because if you go to Mykonos and Santorini, um, you're going to have those touristy prices. But if you get off the beaten path, maybe a little bit, you can save some money. Yes, uh, it's, uh, it's not exactly saving money, but uh, I think that can be overrated sometimes, Mykonos mm-hmm. and Santorini. It's worth mm-hmm. visiting them. Of course, you should do that, but uh, you should be really careful to find the best deal 
because you can have uh, better experiences and, and not so much crowds. Because when you go to an island, you do not go uh, for just fun. You go also mm. to relax. And to get to these islands, I know you can take like a small plane sometimes or a ferry. Like I know there's some options, right? Yes, uh, uh, the fast boats, uh, they call them uh, flying dolphins. Well, they're not flying dolphins, they're closed catamarans. <laughs> uh, in the GNC, we have a lot of dolphins, by the way. But uh, yes, sometimes this can be faster. But uh, because they're so crowded, faster to be two hours faster, but paying 30 euros more might not be the best uh, solution sometimes. It depends in which period of time you will be in Greece because the island hopping can be an easy thing or can be a hassle, which means right. that if you are in Greece after April until September, early October, you do not have a problem. But October to March, uh, you should be more careful about the uh, ferry routes and uh, the schedule of the because it's also rough. The sea can be rough. Yeah. What is the website that people can look at to see those schedules? Is there one main one? Uh, there are two that they're overtaking the Greek market at the moment. One mm. is called uh, AirTickets, AirTickets.gr. AirTickets.gr, AirTickets.gr, yes. And another one that it's uh, trustworthy, Travel Planet 24. TravelPlanet24.com. They are the most uh, the most uh, popular at the moment. Yeah. Cool. So you can look at those two sites and get an idea for schedules, prices, times, things like that. Huh? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Great. What is some of the worst tourist cliches that people fall into when they come to Greece? Whether it's Athens or the islands, I see a lot of students really like to go to Pink Palace and put on some pink togas and smash a bunch of plates um i can't i i can't think that that is very authentic for for a greek experience um, it depends you should be really careful where you will book your experience with uh, which company because uh, some companies they have really cliche touristic uh, smashing plates uh, dancing with awful music <laughs> that uh, it's not worth uh, listening and you might think that it's greek and it's Greek uh, traditional, but it's not. It's just crap music. But uh, this is something that might find I might do when I travel a different country. I'm not uh -huh. saying that, uh, you know, I might go uh, in uh, Budapest and listen to the violins, for example. <laughs> <laughs> or, or in Ireland, you know, you have um, the typical Irish dancing, which, you know, is still part of the culture, but... It's really turned into river dance, which is like the Hollywood style of Irish culture, you know, and so um, maybe it's kind of like that uh, for Greece. Yeah, uh, sometimes can be like that, but uh, we have a traditional uh, a nonprofit organization that uh, they do uh, of the four companies. Uh, one, it's really decent. And, uh, you know, the travelers, when they're going to Google and look everything, the Greek dances theater, Dora Stratu, and the email auntie for our uh, listeners is www.always.grdance.org.
grdance.org. If you want to do the Greek dances, yeah. A lot of Americans think of 2008 and the economic crisis when it comes to Greece and how there were protests going on. And I was there in 2008, right when that was happening. And like you said, Athens and Greece is safe. I want people to know that that Greece is safe and Americans and other tourists don't have any any problems because tourism as an industry is so important to Greece that that Greeks want to be sure and protect the the visitors who come there and show them a good time. Can you speak to that a little bit? I can speak uh, and I can share with everyone that uh, it's not uh, just uh, a safe destination, Greece. And uh, also for the economical crisis, uh, that people they uh, mix they make uh, a false image of Greece because when you have an economical crisis it means that you might see people starving or dying uh, in the streets or in Greece uh, we should uh, know something it's family bonds family relations so uh, uh, when we say the Americans you have a question sometimes do you have a family for a Greek a family is not always to be married or to have a husband or a partner. A family, it means that you have your father and your mother and you might live with them or you t might take care of them, which that means, the aftermath of that is that with the economical crisis, we don't have homeless people because we are supporting each other mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like a cluster, which is good and bad mm -hmm. sometimes. <laughs> uh, so why, why I said that? These uh, connections, these family bonds can be in the everyday life, even for in the demonstrations. And we know something. If you have a background in tourism, before 1930s in Greece, they used to be tourists. In Greece, we have uh, our population. Uh, it's about 11 million. And we are the only country that we accept is here double the size of our whole population. It's about 22 million uh, wow. per year, our uh -huh. travelers. It can reach these numbers. It was 17 uh, million, I think. But what I want to tell you is that always we support and we protect them. And uh, we hug them <laughs> and uh, we, had, uh, we huddle them. Uh, we, we're taking care of them. So they shouldn't be afraid. Yes. Can you tell us where we can find you and your tour company? It's called uh, www.athenswalkingguide.com. Uh, this is my own uh, attitude and my own walks. In general, uh, you can find me through there. If you're going to Athens, be sure to check out AthensWalkingGuide.com with my good friend Angelos. Angelos, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And it's been an absolute pleasure catching up with you. And I'm counting the days until I have an excuse to come back uh, to Athens sometime soon. Hey, how do you say thank you and uh, thanks very much? Ευχαριστώ πολύ. Ευχαριστώ πολύ. Ευχαριστώ. You're welcome. Παρακαλώ. Παρακαλώ. Cheers. Thanks again for listening. Find all show details, links, and tips at andysteves.com. You can connect with WSA Europe, Andy's tour company, at WSA Europe on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We'll see you next time. Happy travels. Bye.